Glory to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have come to the great feast of our Lord's entrance into Jerusalem. Yesterday, we celebrated his raising of the man four days dead in the tomb, Lazarus. And the word of this resurrection had electrified Israel. They were all already on their way to Jerusalem for the Passover. But now they heard that the one that they'd heard rumors about, that they'd heard all sorts of stories, now he has raised one from the dead. And so as our Lord and his disciples come to enter into Jerusalem, they are surrounded by all of the pilgrims and they see him. And the children are running around. And you can see in the icon, they're up in trees, they're running forward, they have palms in their hands. And if you have not gotten a palm yet, we have plenty of palms up front, especially before our procession. At the end of liturgy, please take one. Just a reminder, these are blessed palms, so these don't go in the trash if you you need to burn them then burn them but what they really need to do is get in your icon corner to remember this feast we have children with the palms of victory running forward you have people creating a carpet rolling out not the red carpet but all of the cloaks for our lord to enter in there is singing hosanna Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. All of their hopes, all of the things that they had heard sitting on their grandfather's lap or their grandmother's lap, all of these things are coming to pass. There's yelling. There's crying. There's shouting. And our Lord has said to his disciples, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. You can imagine yourself there in that crowd, the swelling, the shouting, all of the children running. It's a great festival, a great sight. All the emotions welling up inside. Everything that we have hoped for is coming to pass. But the gospel this morning tells us something I find, and maybe you find also, a bit odd. With all of this going around, John tells us the disciples did not understand these things. Can you imagine that? Being in the crowd, being right next to the one who said, you're going to go get a donkey and a colt. And they're going to say, why are you stealing my donkey and colt? They said, the Lord needs it. They're like, oh, okay, yes, take it. They have been with the Lord through much greater things than this, than someone's willingness to depart with their donkey and colt. They have seen our Lord teach with authority. 
They have seen him heal the sick, cast out demons, be very patient with them in their, uh, let's say, first run as his forerunners, right? Going out to do the same thing. And just yesterday, right before this entrance, they had heard and seen Lazarus, whom they knew was dead, alive. And yet they did not understand what was going on. The children are very clear about what's going on. Those who are putting their cloaks down are very clear about what's going on. Our Lord, of course, is very clear. It's one of the clearest statements he makes in the gospel. Your king is coming. But the disciples do not understand. We all struggle with the problem of seeing. Of being able to see the spiritual truths, the spiritual realities. Because we are, in many ways hard-hearted, distracted. Maybe in this crowd, you have one of the disciples, they see fun, like, we're going to eat well. We're, we're being brought in. This is quite an entourage I'm with. The crowds, the excitement. Judas, says the gospel, like, he's worried about money. Money to be made, money to be lost. Opportunities to please ourselves. Maybe, maybe even spending most of our time dreaming about what we're going to cook here in a few days. Or others who are there of the disciples who look to hard work. They're despairing. They're afraid of failure. Or they're afraid of threats because it's not all fanfare in this entry into Jerusalem. For as the scriptures tell us, in the raising of Lazarus, this was the final straw for those who are jealous and envious of our Lord. The spiritual reality that we are about to enter into in Holy Week is a time for us to enter in this time of joy that the church gives us. And then to walk beside the king who has come in on a little donkey. To be able to sing out, Hosanna, blesses he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel, with the children. To be able to see as children see. Last night we read from the prophet Zephaniah. Does anyone know what the name Zephaniah means? No? That, that was honest. Yes. <laughs> Zephaniah means the Lord hides. We have the prophet Zephaniah, the one who's named for the hidden Lord, singing, telling us to join him. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your judgments. He has cast out your enemy. The king of Israel, the Lord, He's in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Let not your hands become weak. 
The Lord your God is in your midst, the mighty one. He will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. This week we walk with our Lord as he is rejected, as he is spit upon, as he is greatly misunderstood, as he is betrayed, as he himself in his lamentation for Jerusalem, weeping because, as Zephaniah says, he's come to take away the judgments. He's come to take the enemy out. He's come to dwell in our midst so that we do not see disaster. We don't look in the grave and see just the end, but that we see the light of the resurrection. That he tells us, well, he doesn't just tell us, the prophet says, he will rejoice, he will quiet you, he will succor you with his love, and he will do all of this singing. This image of Christ on his way to his bridal chamber, the cross, is one in which he is singing out his love for us. This is a victory song that he has to sing. But it's like a mother or a father. With their child. Quieting them with his love. St. John Chrysostom in his commentary on Titus talks about how God talks to us and encourages us like baby talk. You know, I'm trying to fly the airplane into the little baby's mouth and you're doing all the goo-goo-ga-ga stuff. Or you have all of these little words, right? All of these baby talk words. This is the image that St. John Chrysostom says is what God is like with us. That he's going to quiet us with his love. That he's going to bring us into the depths. That he's going to rejoice over us. Because he's going to die for us. The prophet Zephaniah continues, Behold, at that time, I will deal with all who afflict you. I will save the lame and gather those who are driven out. I will appoint them for praise and fame in every land where they were put to shame. This is our Lord's entrance into Jerusalem. He is singing a song of victory But he's singing to his children, lost, discouraged, scattered. This is how he wages war. To set us back. To make us walk again. This is the week in which we walk with our Lord in his last week. Around him spin all of the passions. And every night this week we will be contemplating The greed, the jealousy, the fear, the anger, the hatred, the betrayal, the murder. 
And this is our opportunity. We have been saying this for weeks. The church has been encouraging us, but this is our entrance into the Holy of Holies. This is our opportunity to set aside all earthly cares, to delve into prayer and fasting. And if we've laxed in this prayer and fasting, to embrace the discipline so as to train our mind and hearts to be able to hear that song of Christ. To honor our Lord with our presence, our sacrifice, to be in his presence. To worship him in secret, if we can't get away from work, that we know that we carry him here in the depths of our heart. To give him everything that he deserves, the worship he is worthy of. To be able to see as the children see. To be able to truly see. The heavens will open up for us as our day-to-day reality is pierced with the one who is pierced for us. The Kentuckian for this feast tells us, sitting on your throne in heaven, you're carried on a full on earth, O Christ God. Accept the praise of angels and the songs of children who sing, blessed is he who calls to, comes to recall Adam. Now if you're wondering if I was going to tie Revelation in, here it comes. John, in one of his visions of our Lord, enthroned in heaven, right? Because he's sitting on the full, but he's enthroned in heaven at the same time, accepting praise of angels and children. John sees a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen.